Hello friends and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 16. Cue it up. My name is Pete and join me tonight are Matt. Hey everyone. And Tom. Hey, how's everybody doing tonight? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So Matt's not joining us again tonight, but it just doesn't feel right to leave him out. So you're with us in spirit, Matt. Yeah, I was uh, I was wondering what you were gonna go with if you were gonna do the uh, the voice again uh, for this week to introduce him, and you did. <laughs> I did, I did. So before we get into tonight's topic, let's go straight into the news. Tom, what do you got? Got a good bit of news for us this week. Obviously, today is ten one. Uh, so this is Epcot's 35th anniversary. Um, don't have a ton of, uh, you know, ton of stuff on it right at the moment as everything's kind of happening live today. Uh, but hopefully next week we'll have a, a full update to hit you with for, uh, you know, all the fun activities Disney had planned. They did uh, so have moving, a, they did have kind of a cool cupcake that I saw yeah, that I really yeah, wanted. I'll, when you sent that to me last night, I was. Show my fiance. I'm like, man, I really want this cupcake when we go to Disney. She's like, all right, we'll, we'll make sure to get one. I was like, no, don't don't think we're going to be able to. <laughs> um, but moving into the news, so nothing on Epcot, but we will uh, jump right into Magic Kingdom. Uh, some of you may have heard, especially if you were at the park this week and you're and you're relatively observant, that Stitch's Great Escape is now morphing into an alien encounter character greeting. Uh, and so what we've learned so far is that. The signage for Stitches Great Escape has been removed uh, and replaced with a Stitches Alien Encounter character greeting. Uh, the change has not been officially announced or discussed from Disney, uh, but you know we're kind of under the belief that they'll be converting this space into an area where guests can take a photo with the Stitch audio animatronic, um, which has been used in the show. And this is kind of disappointing to me. You know, I there's so much potential for this ride. There's so many different ways they could go. So many things they could do. You know, it seems like kind of a waste to turn into a, another character meet and greet. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's, a cheap, kind of the it's a cheap, cheap way, way out, out, right? <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, staying, in Dis- uh, staying in Magic Kingdom, rather, a little bit of a rumor floating around that the Jingle Cruise may be retired. Uh, and so basically what's driven this is um, earlier this past week, it came out that Disneyland's version of the Jungle Cruise uh, would be would not be receiving the annual Jingle Cruise holiday overlay. And again, it's a rumor has not been 100% confirmed yet uh, in regards to Magic Kingdom and Disney World's uh, Jungle Cruise attraction. Uh, but there is a little bit of concern that the Jingle Cruise will not be coming to Disney World. And that's a shame because that is something I've really been looking forward to, uh, you know, being down there in December and doing Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. Um, so that, again, it's a rumor. It's something we'll continue to monitor. And when something official comes out, we'll let you know. But as of right now, there's no maintenance time or downtime scheduled for the jungle cruise. So that kind of leads you to believe that it's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. I I think I read that there'd been nothing scheduled in October or November, um, which kind of points in that, that direction. Uh, so one more rumor out of magic kingdom, um, the enchanted tiki room starring Moana could be coming to Adventureland. Uh, th- this would be awesome to yeah, me. Yeah, I think they'd... this fits perfectly. Mm-hmm. D- did you see the Enchanted Tiki Room under new management ever? It, it was I Iago. Was... It was Zazu from The Lion King. It wasn't really well-received. I remember seeing it as a kid and thinking it was really funny. But yeah, I thought it was too. But I was probably 9 or 10 years old or something like that when I saw it. So I, who knows? But But yeah, I think Moana fits this really, really well. Yeah, that'll be. That's another attraction that, uh, I mean, it's there. I, I it's not a must do for me uh, by any stretch of the imagination. That little section of Adventureland is. But if they could incorporate some of the songs from Moana, you know, Moana's got some catchy songs. So if they incorporate some of the songs from Moana, some of the characters, I think it just it does a lot for this attraction. Granted, it this is an original attraction. You know, it's been restored almost all the way to the original opening attraction that it was it's not quite there but you know it, it would it would be kind of touching you know be like messing with hall of presidents almost 
But I think that the Moana character and the whole movie really fits in well with with that attraction. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I think um, anything to generate some buzz around that attraction and, you know, Magic Kingdom obviously has a ton of people in it all the time. And you can stretch those crowds um, any way you can and be well received. And you look at this as a similar thing to what they did in Norway with Frozen. You know, they took an existing ride and they they built something on top of it and, and themed it as Frozen. I don't know that they'd go as far with Moana as they did with Frozen. But, you know, you incorporate a couple of characters, a couple of songs. You leave some of the songs the same. I, I can see how it works. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm with you for sure. Uh, moving over to Hollywood Studios, Grand Avenue and Baseline Tap House is now open. Uh, it was announced earlier this year that the Muppets Courtyard, along with a portion of the former Streets of America, would be reimagined by Walt Disney Imagineering, and it'd be a new area called Grand Avenue. That area, again, along with the Baseline Tap House watering hole, is now open for guests visiting Disney's Hollywood Studios. Not a ton there right now. Uh, but it is nice to see some of the walls, you know, <laughs> come down and and spread you out a little bit more in, in Hollywood Studios. Pete, I know you looked over some of the baseline tap house stuff. Yeah, nothing really too exciting there. You know, they've got your typical selection of beers. Nothing too exotic. You know, Lagunitas, Sierra Nevada, that sort of thing. But I, I'll go have a drink there. But again, this is kind of made to serve as an entrance to. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, so not really a whole lot here other than baseline tap room. Yeah, I, I, you know, certainly on uh, in December when I'm there, I will poke in and um, you know check it out at least so I can bring a review back. But staying in Hollywood Studios, moving over to a picture that I saw this week. I actually saw it this morning. Uh, Toy Story Land looked to be running some test runs on the Slinky Dog Dash roller coaster uh so the ride vehicles i think will seat 18 it's either they seat 18 or it's 18 rows but i think they seat 18 and um the the picture was a much shorter ride vehicle so what i think disney was probably doing is uh, having a couple dry runs and um you know working their way up to having that full ride vehicle on there but that's really exciting um you know i think that still points us to Probably a Memorial Day opening in 2018. That's still the speculated date. Uh, again, nothing totally official from Disney except the year, but um, that's kind of our speculation and our idea, especially seeing when Pandora opened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no change. It's still They're still saying summer 2018, but it's this attraction and one other one, correct? Yeah, it'll be... Um, Alien Thrilling Saucers? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say Buzz Lightyear or something, but no, you're right. So, yeah, I mean, it looks like one of the rides is, is done. Hopefully the other one is well underway, and I don't I don't know. I think they're going to change the entrance to Toy Story Mania as well. Yeah. It's kind um, of unassuming right now. It doesn't really mm-hmm. fit the Toy Story theme, but right. who knows? Hopefully that won't impact the ride. They're going to have to do some construction back there because you do have some... Um, oh, some cast member parking? Yeah, cast member parking. And they're going to have to do something, um, you know, to keep you in Disney. That'll be... I mean, they'll, they'll do whatever they have to do. Mm-hmm. However tall the wall needs to be. Moving to some general news topics. One of them is, is something that we unfortunately cannot take advantage of. But, you know, we know some of our listeners are annual pass holders. The discounts have been extended. Last year, Disney introduced a special 20% off discount for dining and merchandise for annual pass holders in celebration of the 45th anniversary. It looks like these discounts have now been extended with the dining discount now available until December 23rd, 2017 and the merchandise discount in effect until further notice. So for all of you annual pass holders out there, that's a neat perk for sure. Uh, I'm jealous. I wish Mm -hmm. I could be an annual pass holder and get down to uh, Disney more often than I already do. Uh, and then another piece of general news uh, for those of you going down in the, in the coming weeks or in, um, you know, maybe you're there now, the minivans have upped the number of resorts again that they're servicing. The Polynesian village is now uh, utilizing and offering the minivan system. So that is in addition to the yacht and beach boardwalk, wilderness lodge, animal kingdom lodge and grand Floridian. 
Uh, so I think Disney's going to continue to roll this out, and, and it'll probably be, I would think it would get to all moderates at least, uh, and maybe all the resorts in Disney World by the end of it. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's it for the news, unless you had anything else to share, Pete. No, I really nothing from me. I think uh, I think you've covered pretty much everything. Um, I know that you are getting pretty excited as you get closer to your trip and having trouble talking about or focusing on anything else. So it's been brutal, I tell you. I have. Uh, it's the only thing I can think about. I've got fast pass selections coming up this week, and uh, the whole the whole squad is relying on me to get what we need. <laughs> I'll tell you that I would move dinner reservations for a flight of passage, probably. I don't think you'll have that problem. So we'll see. And I, believe me, all of our listeners will know. <laughs> so our topic for tonight, uh, we're going to be talking about the queues at Disney World. And again, if you go back to a previous episode, we talked about kind of what sets Disney World and Disneyland, for that matter, and, and all Disney parks. Apart from something like a Six Flags or, you know, just a Carowinds, an amusement park, is the heavy use of theming. So the queues at Disney World are a very important part of of what kind of gives it its identity. So tonight, and I think we'll kind of try to do this in a draft format, Tom, let's talk about our top five. I don't know why I extended five so much. Let's talk about our top five queues at Disney World. And, And this can, you know, you can... Pick whatever you want for whatever reasons, but make them good. So I'm going to start because I chose the topic. And I'm going to start with my with my number one. And this, I think, is an example of Disney theming at its best. Now, I have not seen the Avatar Flight of Passage queue. From everything that I've heard and seen, it's amazing. So that may take over as number one once I see that. But for right now, my number one queue at, at Disney World is Expedition Everest. I, I like everything about this queue. You go in, you know, you go through a temple, you wind your way around, you go through an expedition headquarters, you go through the Yeti Museum. There's just, there's so much to look at. There's so much to see. I never get bored in this queue at all. You know, I, that's no surprise to me. That's where you went. Uh, now that I've gone to Disney World with you and heard you talk on the podcast about it, I'm right there with you. That is a cue that it's one of those things where you see something new every time. And, and it's not interactive. You know, there's it's not like there's stuff for you to do, you know, like some of the rides that we'll talk about here going forward. But there's just so much to see. Every time I go through there, I see, you know, going through the Yeti Museum, you see something new. You know, we didn't wait very long in line for this ride. I think we waited maybe five, ten minutes last time we were there. Mm-hmm. But even in that brief time, you know, we saw a lot of cool stuff. And I, I think the other two guys that were on the trip with us really appreciated that. And it, it honestly just makes your wait time seem that much shorter. Yeah, I agree with you. I think um, that was a great selection. And that's one of the more detailed cues that Disney World has uh, been able to put together. And it, the cool thing about it, everything in there is factual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're you reading, know, there's a real Yeti. Well, <laughs> I guess <laughs> except for that part. But when, I, when I'm talking about the Everest front, uh, you do read a lot about people who have um, taken on that beast. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, even, even little details like the, the prayer flags, you know, all of that is, is stuff that you would see on, you know, a, a mountain climbing expedition. Uh, in the Himalayas, so kind of just a just a great overall experience. You miss a lot of it if you if you go through the fast pass line, um, or if you ride in the single rider, especially. I think fast pass goes through it a little bit. You know, it's it's not something that I would want to be stuck in for two hours or two and a half hours. But you know, if you've got a thirty minute or a forty five minute wait for Expedition Everest, the queue makes it worth it. Mm-hmm. Plenty of stuff there. Well, I guess with that being said, I'll have to I'll have to select one for myself. Uh, God, that was a good one. And now I'm hoping I don't mess up because you've started off strong. I'm going to go Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. And the reasoning behind it. So 
that was probably the first truly interactive queue that I went to. I, I had to take a few years off from going to Disney. And when I came back, the inter- interactive queues kind of had begun taking over. Um, I don't want to name them all because I don't want to give Pete an advantage as he selects his queues. But um, Seven Doors is one where I'm walking through and I see the, the games they have for the children. Um, wait, 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 wait. When you say for the children, what you really mean is you did every single one of them. Played every screen. Yep, yeah. touched everything. The uh, you know the different water thing. I mean, it's just there's a lot to do in the in the queue. Now, the one I guess complaint you could have is people start playing the games and not moving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a little a little Disney secret I learned on my first go in there, where you're when you're spinning the barrels. If you know what I'm talking about, you're you're inside now, getting pretty close to riding the ride. You start spinning the barrels, and there's enough for every you know all the seven doors. Well, if you can get them spinning all at the same time and displaying. Um, you know, their little picture on the ceiling, Snow White will appear in the middle uh, of all of the seven doors. And I, and, and it's like a, as long as one of them's not broken, right? As long as one's not broken and you're trying to convince, I mean, it helps you talk to strangers. You're trying to convince people like, Oh, start spinning this one, start spinning this one. Yeah. Uh, so that's always been a fun part, fun part for me. So I'm going to have to grab that cue. No, I, I agree. I think this is a great pick and y- you know, the, Look, this is a line that consistently is long. It's always long. I've never seen it under 100 minutes, ever, except for first thing in the morning. I don't know that, I don't know that, you know, the ride or the queue justifies that weight, but that's kind of beside the point. The water, you know, I guess playing music with the water mm-hmm. is, is kind of awesome. And, yeah, uh, and, and you're right. The, you know, the barrels, getting the barrel spinning is, is a great way to get, you know, we tried. We tried to get everybody involved, and we just there was one that was broken, so we couldn't make it happen. The first part, I will say, the first part of that queue, not my favorite, especially when Brutal. it extends when it extends out past the real entrance to the ride. You know, and then you're just kind of walking back and forth along ramps for a while. But yeah, once absolutely once you get inside, everything gets cool. There's gems everywhere. You know, it's it's very very clear what kind of rides you're going on and that's a seven dwarfs ride. So I'm I'm perfectly okay with that pick. And you know, that kind of leads me into my next pick. And my next pick is kind of very similar to Seven Dwarfs Mind Train in that the first part of the queue I don't like, but the rest of the queue makes up for it. And that is Splash Mountain. When you when you first walk into Splash Mountain, you're kind of in that outside area. It's back and forth along the fences, depending on how much they have opened up. And it's really not until you get inside and you start, you know, going through and seeing all the characters. You know, the coolest thing for me, I first rode this ride when I was nine or ten years old. And I can remember seeing Br'er Frog, just a shadow in a rocking chair. And and it amazed me. I, I didn't know how they did it. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. It really builds it really builds you up to the ride, especially when you're walking down the tunnel, getting ready to get on the boats, you know, kind of towards the end, just that long underground cave. And I can remember being stuck there. I think on my second or third trip to Disney World, the ride broke down and we waited for the ride to come back up for for 45 minutes or an hour in that little passageway. And I was fine because there was just there was a lot for me to look at. So. Yeah, I, but but again, the the first part is pretty terrible, and I've been stuck in that first part for a while. But once you get inside and you start seeing all the detail, it's it's well worth it. Man, this one's tough for me. This one's tough for me to have up there. I I know you have your admiration for the ride itself. I do think right there towards the end of the queue, where you start seeing their pictures on the wall you start really getting the story down and you start mm-hmm. learning some of the characters' names. That's something really unique when you get on the ride because, um, you know, obviously Song of the South was, was that in the 50s? I, I don't even remember, to be honest with you. So, well, my point, the way where I'm going with it is you're going to have, you know, it's not like people riding a, a, a ride centralized around Snow White mm-hmm. where everyone knows the characters. You're going to be on a ride where a lot of people have no clue who these people are. Uh, and so I, I, I see where that's, uh, 1946, I guess. What, 50, okay. So, um, 
Yeah, that one's tough for me. I think it, it's the, the ending and then leading you into the actual attraction and the story itself is fantastic. I think 70% of it, especially in standby, can be tough some days. Well, and, you know, part of the reason that I put this ride up so high is that when I when I think back on my Disney trips as a kid, this was really the first ride, I guess, that had this sort of theme cue that I can remember. And, and I don't know if, you know, because obviously some of the rides that we're going to talk about later were there. But I don't know. To me, the cue for this ride just always stood out. Um, and and Disney's Disney's kind of gone back and, and redone some of their cues. But this, to me, was really the first really detailed cue that I can remember as a kid. So I think that's why it, it may be more nostalgia than anything that I put it up this high. Well, I mean, you start comparing it to some of those rides that were there when you were going as a kid. Think of Space Mountain's cue. <laughs> Totally. Awful. Terrible. Awful. Mm-hmm. Awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's the best ride in Magic Kingdom. Um, ah, man, now I've got to make a selection. Let's see. I'm going to go... I'm going to go Haunted Mansion. Okay. And I guess we're staying with the theme of a little bit of the beginning of it is is terrible. Yeah, walking up, once, through that, walking up through that tunnel. Yeah, that, that like tent, that permit, mm-hmm. yeah. But once you get to the renovations, one, if you take the time to read the tombstones. Oh, the tombstones are hilarious. Hilarious. And a funny thing is a lot of the names that you see on those tombstones, and this little little double dip in the Disney secret bucket today, are Imagineers that were a part of the ride, names and faces. Um, But all the interactive stuff they did, and that's the the new way to to do this. And, And once you turn that corner and hit the the renovations or the uh, upgrades to the queue, you're eventually going to get in the haunted mansion and then you're, you know, it's go time. But um, I can, I can remember, you know, the, the tombstones even before the renovation were still yep. hilarious. Fantastic. But really, to read. But really that's all that was there. Yep. Yep. I, uh, I'm with you. And I, I think now that they've, um, you know, Disney's kind of moving a different direction on some of their queues. I think haunted mansions, you know, one of the better ones in all of Disney World. I can remember recently riding Haunted Mansion and there being a, I don't know, maybe three, four, five-year-old, something, you know, a young young kid that was just absolutely fascinated every time the guy in the bathtub would sneeze and water would shoot out and then he'd shoot bubbles out. The kid was enthralled, loved it, mm-hmm. absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we're, in, at our age, we're we're trying to, touch and play with everything in the queue too yeah you know, no, i mean they're definitely the, not every for the adult kids. that walks by it mm-hmm. is like oh what does this do <laughs> um and even you know the the musical instruments that they have where you can yep you know whatever you touch plays something new that's that's yep. cool and i think what i like the most about the haunted mansions queue is that you know there's not like touch screens and videos and you know it's not it's not really slick or anything like that it's just it's really kind of just low tech. You know, there's not, I don't know, it's not really complicated. It's, it's, it's pretty simple, but it does a lot. I mean, you're, you're talking about reading tombstones and touching rocks, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, essentially. It's nothing really fancy. And, and, and that's the smart part. But, you know, we're leaving out here, I think. And, and again, it's still part of the queue, the stretching room. Well, that's what I'm saying. Once you get in, it's go time. Yeah, I mean, how how enthralled with the stretching room were you the first time Man. that you went to to Disney World? I mean, I don't know if enthralled is the right word. Terrified, because <laughs> you had no clue how what was going on, right? No, I mean, and still, that is a piercing scream. I mean, to the, to this day. Well, I, to me, the the scariest thing, I guess, was I didn't know how we were going to get out of there because mm-hmm. you know you're trapped in this room with all these people and. I think the first time I went, it was summertime, so it was crowded. You know, you're not talking a small amount of people that are crammed into this room with you. Yeah, it's it's uh, that's cool to me. I wish they would handle the exit to that a little bit better. You know, because it's it's kind of like it's kind of it, the scarier part to me is getting trampled in the mad rush to get in line to get on the doom buggies. <laughs> it's it's every man for himself. It really is. Good yeah, luck staying together with your family. 
the the more uh, the, I mean, obviously, you'll learn when you go ride that attraction and take part in that numerous times exactly which door will open, which wall will slide open. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we strategically position ourselves whenever we go. Once you ride it a couple of times, you'll you'll figure out that wall pretty quickly uh, where you no need doubt. to stand. So, well, okay. So continuing on with the haunted theme. I think you. I think you know where I'm going to go next, um, and that is Tower of Terror. Mm-hmm. Now, again, same same thing. The outside kind of sucks. You know, it's it's a lot of back and forth. There's there's a little bit to look at. It's certainly more themed than the beginning of Haunted Mansion. But I tell you, once you get inside the hotel itself, there's so much to see. I mean, you walk in and you're in the lobby. And then walking into that room and all the lights go out and, you know, the Twilight Zone video starts playing. And then going down through the boiler room, you know, it really, it really transports you. you. You forget that you're in the middle of Florida in 100 degree weather and you think, wow, I'm, you know, I've really kind of been transported here. And I think that's what, I think that's what an effective cue does. I think it, you know, it sets the tone for the ride and it, and it tells the beginning of the story. If you look at a, a ride as a, you know, like you would a movie, you know, the cue is really kind of the opening credits and then setting, setting the tone for the, for the story, setting the opening of the story. And I think, I don't think there's a ride that does better than Tower of Terror at this. The, so this, this, this stinks because I was seeing how long I could push it before I took Tower of Terror. In my opinion, probably, I mean, definitely the best queue in Hollywood Studios. I know we're probably going to get some pushback and, and some folks actually, you know, they only think about the beginning part. And that, and now, while it isn't super entertaining, one, you're often, you're oftentimes you're not having to wait out there very long. But two, it's still kind of creepy, especially at night. It is creepy at night. Yeah. Well, and the, the cast members really contribute to the whole kind of unease and I, I guess creepy feeling because they don't, I've had, I've tried to have conversations with the cast member and most cast members at most rides will talk to you. They'll joke with you. The, the folks at Tower of Terror don't. I mean, they just look at you like, I, I don't know, like you're speaking another language. It's ridiculous, but it's, but it adds to the whole experience. I've gotten one of them one time. And it was one of those things where it was 10 minutes before closing and I had ridden it like five times in a row. And I asked the, you know, the, the, the young lady work and I said, Hey, can I just skip this video? You know, I, I just want to ride it again. And she's like, unfortunately, no, there's a lot of people that would want to do that. And she's like, just, you know, you, you can always ride, you know, she was explaining all the tips and she goes, what a lot of people do is go in between rock and roller coaster tower to Like she was talking mm-hmm. as if she was a human who enjoys Disney too. <laughs> but, uh, the the interesting thing about about this queue is you're exactly right. I mean, when that when the power goes out in the room and the TV clicks on and you're you're about to go into the Twilight Zone, uh, the detail in that room. If you look at some of the books, there's hidden Mickey's throughout the ride, um, the cobwebs. It, it's probably harder to keep those cobwebs up mm-hmm. than it is to to keep your house dust and cobweb free. Well, and going in the lobby too, even before you get into the into the room where you watch the video. Mm-hmm. I mean, the lobby's the same way. It's there's so much detail. Yep, it, it looks so authentic. It really looks like you're going into a disused lobby of a hotel. Yep, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I think that was a really good pick, and I think that's another one that um, if there is ever any adjustments on that ride, expectations will be high for <laughs> for maintaining that queue. Yeah, and, I agree. Um, I agree. Theming it correctly. So good, good pick, sir. Good pick. Oh, man, I am really gonna. I need to. I need to find one. <laughs> and and I'm gonna go. And this is probably way too early of a stretch. I'm gonna go Muppet Vision, and I have a couple reasons why. I, hey, I'm I'm okay with this. So one, the key is under the mat at the box the, office. The key is absolutely under the mat. So that's one. If if you don't go there for any other reason than to go check for the key, it should be there. Mm-hmm. They don't unless really somebody get, steals it. It's really difficult to get that off the ground. Some would say impossible. But two, 
you get a video. I wish it wasn't slanted. Like the, the floor in the room, it's slanted because it's it's the same floor that's in the theater. And I wish you could sit down. But one, the video, if you actually pay attention, is really funny. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the like memorabilia around there, um, you know, and I understand it's Muppets. You know, they're not real. But like the the costumes that they wear, you know, Kermit the Frog's a, a, a worldwide icon. I mean, people know who Kermit is. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you actually walk around and you read what the boxes have on them, and then look at some of the memorabilia from Muppets, I think it's it's maybe not as interactive as some of these other cues we've talked about, but just as detailed, and it gives a video that passes the time until you can walk into the the theater. Yeah, I agree, and and. I think when we were there, Monster came out and yep said hello in the in the in the queue or in the pre-show. Yep. But yeah, you're right. That that pre-show is it's great. Mm-hmm. You know, you're never you're never bored once the video starts. Which I think that's what twenty minutes before the it's show. Either, or I was going to say fifteen, 15, but yeah, it's something like that. There. Once that video starts, you know, there's you're constantly entertained, and before that, there's so much you can walk around the room and and look at. Mm-hmm. And and really, it's not. I mean, it's not even really a queue. It's you know, it's more like a pre theater like before you go into the. It's theater. like a theater. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you're watching something. Mm-hmm. You're entertained. So yeah, I think you know, it's 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 part of the attraction really, and it and it works. It, it again helps set the tone. You know, obviously we know with the Muppets what we're getting, uh, but but it does it helps set the tone for that entire ride. And the key is definitely under the mat, and that. You know, there's so many little touches like that at Mumble mm-hmm. Vision. It, yeah, it, no, I it, agree. It, it makes the experience for me in the newly renamed Grand Avenue because it's no longer Muppets Courtyard. Starting to start to scare me, man. Mm-hmm. If Muppets goes away, that would really be it's a staple of my childhood. I, I don't, I don't think that can ha- that is going to happen anytime soon. But who knows? Mm. Um, where do I want to go next? Yeah, so, so right now we've we've hit one in Animal Kingdom. It looks like three in Magic Kingdom mm-hmm. and two in Hollywood Studios. So nothing in Epcot yet. And Epcot's tough for me because I I'm not a huge fan of, of any of the queues. I'm I'm actually gonna go back to Animal Kingdom here. And Oh, I know what you're taking. So the <sighs> only reason you know, this this ride is kind of Hit or miss, but um, it's it's tough to be a bug. the only The only reason for this is, you know, you're under the tree of life. You get an up close and personal look at the tree of life, and it's you know it's never a very long queue. And I think a lot of people miss a lot of the details because they kind of race through this. Uh, they race through this queue. So, but if you take if you take some time to to stop and you know, pay attention to the tree. I mean, it's it's amazing the detail of of the carvings on there. Really cool. Yeah, that's where you, that you nailed it. Um, the the attraction itself is still pretty funny if you've never been on it, or you have uh, you know someone in your party who mm-hmm. is a little jumpy because there are some very jumpy moments. There are. It's it, it's cool the first time you ride it. I mean, it's still something that I do every time I go, but it's. I wouldn't be heartbroken if it was down for maintenance or anything like that. Well, here, here's the cool thing. It's tough to be a bug, right? You're underground. Mm-hmm. You're literally going under a tree. Mm-hmm. Um, to get that close to the tree of life, because you see it and when you walk in the park. I mean, that is, that is Animal Kingdom. And to see the – and I don't remember. I, I, there, there will be a Disney secret in the future because we do have how many carvings are actually on the tree of life. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to spoil it now, but it's a ridiculous number. And the closer you get – Obviously, you're going to see the detail and be able to, you know, fully understand which which animals are actually on it. It's it's in it's an incredible view. And uh, I so see I think, new I see new things every time I go. You yep. know, you see a carving that you missed or an animal that you that you missed. It's just it's it's very intricate. It's it's very well done. So, and that's again that's the sole reason for me picking this queue is because of the tree of life. Because the rest of it is you know you're underground under the tree waiting for doors to open the theater itself is kind of cool but you know once you get actually into the tree it's there's nothing yeah and 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah, once you're down there, it's just alrighty. Let's let's get to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess with the next pick, I'm looking at our list, and yours to me, yours seems a bit more complete. So I'm going to try and sway our audience because maybe we'll have a, a vote or a poll on who had a better um, top five. I'm going to grab. I'm going to give Epcot some love. I'm going to grab Test Track for a couple reasons. Uh, one, if you are drinking around the world, most of the queue you can take your drink through. True. You know, like Star Tours, they get you right there on the front end and say, no, you can't bring this through, basically. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's just kind of a funny aside. But two, it, it, the collisions and the different, um, you know, dummies they have in there, pretty crazy to watch uh, to see, you know, car wrecks, how that can impact somebody. But now, where you can customize your car, customizing your car is uh, it's a little bit of a competition. And so you'll customize a car, and it'll go through all of the tests, and you'll see a ranking uh, throughout the ride of where your car falls compared to the other people sitting in your test track vehicle. And if you're if you're competing with people that have never been to Disney before, you'll Google how to make the best car. <laughs> Well, I guess an aside to that is that in our Mindu Disney trip, we made a wager on who could have the best performing vehicle. And so we're in the line, and uh, Pete and I were on the team, and then uh, the two other guys were on. They had never been, they'd be, you know, basically never been to Disney World. They're on the other team. And Pete and I decided that, you know, we weren't super advanced in, you know, making these cars. And the first go around that day, our cars didn't necessarily perform through the roof. So we casually Googled how to make the best bride vehicle <laughs> and just and destroyed blew them. everyone out of the water. Yeah. Uh, there is a method to the madness, and it is 100% foolproof. Uh, but like we hit on Splash Mountain earlier, leading yourself into the ride. This is another way that that's a long wait sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then you get to go develop a car, and then you're – you're probably talking like I wanted to make a car look like a Batmobile. So we're t- I'm talking about the car, and then you get in the ride, and you, it it all pl- it pieces together very well. I, I think that having the car customization thing does a lot because I don't know. To me, the rest of this queue is nothing super spectacular. But having you know, once you get there, you're kind of you know you're in. But but you're taking you're taking a ride that really there's no story to this ride, right? I mean it's. You're in a you're in a test car, and you're, you're kind of yeah. You're kind of adding some elements of okay. Well, I'm designing a car that we're going to test. So yep. I think it works on that level. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I agree it, with that. It, it's. I think I would like this more if it were Radiator Springs Racers, but beside the point. I can get around on that too. So before we go to our last picks, real quick, what are some of the worst cues? At Disney so we're, World. We're going to pivot before the finale here. We're, we'll pivot before the finale. Oh, man. I, I'm going to tell you, I, I hate Space Mountain. They tried, Space Mountain they tried to add the games or whatever, but... They don't even work. I, they didn't work when we were there. They may work sometimes, but I don't know. I hate, I hate that queue. It's, it just seems like it goes on absolutely forever. Another bad one that people probably don't think about... Uh, is Tomorrowland Speedway not even air conditioned? Jungle Cruise, same Horrible. board for me because Horrible. it's just back and forth, and at least you're in a sh- under a shelter for that one. You know, another one that I really, really can't stand, and I'll probably uh, probably get some disagreement here, but is Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin? There's a lot to look at, I guess, but. I don't know. It's just back and forth between the rails in that room with the talking buzz, and it takes forever if there's if there's a wait to get through that room. Yeah, and we, that's a that's a ride that breaks down a fair amount. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I and and that talking buzz, you know, if you're in there more than fifteen minutes, oh, you've heard everything. You've heard everything. You know, and, and another one for me is Zerg. Yeah, another one for me is Spaceship Earth. Horrible. At least it's oh. undercover, but there's nothing. God, and then you're making me finally, nervous. finally, I would say Soren. <laughs> there's no cell phone service. There's no cell phone service. You can't play the game because 
you don't have any service to get on the website. It's gotten a little bit better, but it's just a big long hallway, kind of I'm like to... kind of like um, the Norway ride used to be. It's a it's a little bit more theme now that it's Frozen Ever After, but that Norway ride, the the wait for that was terrible. You want to know one that I'm thinking of while you're while you're talking right now? That is just it's as long and as bad as it gets. It's rock and roller coaster. <laughs> now, until you until you get into the studio, until yeah. Until you get to the pre-show, and once you're in the studio, it's like the coolest. Mm-hmm. But when you're outside, oh my gosh, that thing feels like it doesn't move. Especially in the summertime, and it's mm-hmm. a thousand degrees. Yeah, you're. I'm right. with you. I would say. Toy Story Midway Mania too. It's just I, I don't know. It's 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 kind of cool for the first fifteen minutes you're there, but then the other seventy five minutes, and it's not that bad anymore. But I I can't stand that queue either. All right, so last picks. You're um, up, man. I've got a couple that I want to that I want to do here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the new Peter Pan queue. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. You know, the old Peter Pan queue was not was not that great. And again, I'm I'm not gonna say anything about this ride. I like the ride. It's a Disney classic ride. Is it worth waiting ninety minutes for? We'll leave it at that. But the queue now and we rode this ride and we waited in the line just so that we could see the new queue. And it's worth it. I had pixie dust sprinkled on me. I know I've said that before. I got excited. I'm a 35-year-old man, and I had pixie dust sprinkled on me, and I got excited. <laughs> what, is, what does that say about the queue, you know? So, but it's, it's cool. You go through, you go through the, the nursery, and Tinkerbell's there. I think um, that was probably one of the coolest queues we, we, we went through. Mm-hmm. Because when she pops out of the drawer, her shadow, mm-hmm. and you see, you know, the bed move, and... Um, Disney did a really good job with that one. It's it's amazing. Like, how do they do it? It's just the, the the reason I hadn't selected it is while it is a really good queue, I just, I don't like waiting in that line. So. Yeah. If it were a 30 minute wait in that line. Exactly. But for the ride being what it is, the 90 minute queues have got to go. But it is, it is better now and it is easier now. And once you get out of that kind of long hallway that actually leads into the nursery, the queue's, the queue's great. So what you got? Ah, oh, man, this one's going to be totally against the grain. Prob- I mean, it's not one we thought of. I think it, depending on who you ask on rating the queue, you'll, you'll hear this one pop up. So like a lot, a lot of you guys may be thinking Pirates of the Caribbean or Star Tours, both really good queues for the most part. I'm going to go Dumbo. And not because of my infatuation as a kid. <laughs> so if you would have gone 10 years ago, if you polled people and asked the worst queue at Disney World, they'd say Dumbo. It's terrible. Because it was a really long wait, and it was there was nothing there. When they redid Dumbo, added the second track, they relocated it. They added an indoor play place, air-conditioned. Parents can sit down, take a breather. The kids have fun. And it's almost like a reservation-type system. Mm-hmm. And so you get notified when it's your turn to go hop in an extremely short line and get on Dumbo. And so this, to me, is Disney. While it's not the detail and it's not the everything we've talked about, from a pure satisfaction standpoint, it's up there. And I'm, I don't have a, a child, but I know if I had a kid and I, I remember my parents waiting with me in the Dumbo queue, the new one would be such a breath of fresh air. And so I'm going purely based on total enjoyment and, uh, you know, Disney paying attention to the details and to the, the feedback they've gotten. And, and Disney recognizes that this queue is terrible or was terrible and that it's, you know, it wasn't a whole lot of fun to wait on. And they know they know what their target audience is for this ride. You know, you see it with, and we didn't really mention play area for Winnie the Pooh. This is more of the same. And look, I think that, this reservation system that they've got going on with Dumbo is going to be the future of theme parks. I don't know that there's going to be lines anymore once everybody kind of adopts this technology and and we go to kind of a virtual line. You see Universal doing it with Volcano Bay, you know, where they they give 
reservation times and you don't wait in line for the rides. You can't. So I don't know. It just, it removes a lot of the spontaneity from your trip, but I think it, it helps everybody do everything if you get rid of waiting in standby lines. And I, I hope that's the direction that we're moving. You know, we've been able to, with the fast passes, do and see so much more at Disney World than we were able to in the past. Because think about it, when, when we talked about it last week, when you had the paper fast pass system, you had to run to the ride, get a fast pass, run back, get in line for another ride. It just, it wasn't very efficient. Now, you scan your magic band, you walk onto the ride, you're automatically looking for your next fast pass right there. And it just, it lets you move through the park. But you've got to be flexible. So, I hope, I certainly hope this is a direction that we're going with these virtual queues. Is the fast pass system now not like, I mean, it's a reservation. I, I don't know. I can envision a future where there are no lines for rides anymore. When you go to a ride, you scan your magic band. They tell you, okay, this is when you can ride this ride. Or you, or you pre-plan your entire trip. You know, you have, you have literally a schedule of here's all the rides that you're riding at the park this day. Here's the times that you're going to do it. Now, for a planner like me, that's fantastic. For people who just want to go and kind of go with the flow and experience everything, it doesn't really work as well. But, you know, for the, the planner in me, and I think you're kind of the same way, if I could pre-plan what rides I was riding at what times all during the day, I could have my entire trip done. I could have ride times locked down. I could have meal times locked down. I could have, you know, whatever shows I want to see, whatever parades I want to see, all that pre-planned in advance, and then just show up and do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's good and bad there, and that's kind of a separate argument unto itself or a, a separate we may even be able to talk about kind of the future of where we see fast passes and reservations going in a future episode but and that's that's been something that's that's come up a lot in the past couple of years is say i'm an annual pass holder in florida and i decide okay it's saturday i'm going to go to disney world you're not going to be able to get and it's friday you're not going to be able to get fast passes you know because you're competing with people that have like you that have 60 days out have gotten all their fast passes. So what do we do for the spontaneous people that just decide on a whim to go? Anyway. I mean, if you get to that reservation stand, I mean, if you get to that pre-planned, we're, we're a little off base at this point, but if you get to that pre-planned reservation standpoint for, for rides, one cues would be irrelevant. Well, and that's what I was going to say to tie it all back. That makes cues irrelevant and it doesn't even matter anymore. Right. That'd be interesting. But it, it think will of but think of how much yeah. Think of how much space at the parks is taken up by queues. So if, if you could eliminate the queues from all of these rides, what? How much more could you fit in these parks? Not really realistic, probably, but still. Hmm. It'll be. It's interesting. So, anyway, I think that kind of wraps up uh, our top five queues. So yeah, let us know who you think has the uh, who you think has the more complete and better list. Again. I chose Expedition Everest, Splash Mountain, Tower of Terror, It's Tough to Be a Bug, and Peter Pan. And Tom chose Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Haunted Mansion, Muppet Vision 3D, Test Track, and Dumbo. So let us know. Shoot us an email, mendowdw at gmail.com, or hit us up on Twitter at podcast. Tom, what else we got for tonight? In relation to Disney World, I'm like... 63 days away from my trip so i can't stop thinking about that but uh the disney secret of the night is a pretty cool one uh since we didn't give a ton of love to animal kingdom uh no news on that we decided to uh incorporate animal kingdom in the secret so the exotic species of animal kingdoms kilimanjaro safari are treated exceptionally well Uh, but what a lot of people don't know the naturalists like to use exercise and feeding to their advantage uh, so, one, the staff will shoot raisins out of cannons to get the gorillas to move out and about by the safari vehicles. And they will put elephants to work for honey, their treat of choice, by smearing it on their roof so they need to use their trunks to earn it. Uh, the coolest one to me is if you do see the lions on your next trip and they're on the top rock, the reason behind it is because there is some air condition there and it entices the lions to actually sit there and, and that's where they like to spend their time. And that's where uh, so, you see them most of the time too, when it's right. when it's warm outside. So again, gorillas, 
elephants, lions, all huge animals to see. Uh, there is some incentive that uh, they're getting out of this as well. Uh, and, and do keep in mind that Animal Kingdom obviously treats these animals, you know, as <laughs> their royalty. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, last week's trivia question, uh, reminding, reminding everyone, uh, we, you know, we all know that Aerosmith was a theme band throughout Rock and Roller Coaster. But we were looking for the first band that Disney approached to uh, be the theme band for that ride. A lot of good answers. I think I got people ask me Kit, uh, Kiss, maybe uh, The Who, ACDC. Uh, unfortunately, no one guessed Dave Matthews Band. That would have been cool, but not the right answer. <laughs> the answer was U2. And I don't know the song. I don't know which songs they would have selected, but that was the first band that Disney had in mind and approached. And U2 was not interested in it. And I'm kind of glad that they weren't because I don't know rock and roller coaster. To me, U2 I don't think of as huge rock and roll. Right. Whereas, you know, Aerosmith I do. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and now we did have a winner. Uh, Kenny from Michigan came in with with the answer. Again, great participation. This was probably the largest largest uh, answer pool we got, and probably because I put on Twitter that it would be <laughs> two times the gift uh, or the winnings, I guess, the the prize, because we missed a couple weeks. Uh, so he's going to get two starter pin sets. So it'll be a couple different sets of starter pins for his next trip. He'll be able to trade. So Kenny, shoot us another email with your mailing address, and we will get your prize on the way. Again, appreciate all the participation. It's We've had great turnouts, uh, and it keeps improving each week. Now we have uh, back to the normal size prize. I, Pete and I have been talking about mixing up what we give away. Maybe give us some feedback of coffee mugs, different Disney memorabilia that maybe we have, You know, something that, that you guys really get excited for. But anyway, to the trivia question. Which Disney character steers the vehicle that appears as the finale of Fantasmic in Walt Disney World. Uh, so I try not to give away too many details. The finale, everyone knows about it. Dopey actually took a spill on this ride vehicle at some point. Uh, but anyway, which Disney character steers the vehicle that appears as, as the finale of Fantasmic in uh, Walt Disney World's Hollywood Studios? Give us that answer on Twitter at Podcast or uh, on our Gmail uh, account, which is mendowdw at gmail.com. So that's all we've got for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, please tweet us or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.